0: Hey there, we're about to start our free training, the 3 p.m. teacher that only happens once a year. Teachers are learning how to consistently leave school prepared and on time without bringing work home so that they can finally be present during precious family time at night and on the weekends. When you attend this free training, you get an hour PD certificate and other bonuses when you show up live. You will learn how to lesson plan faster, how to spend less time on grading, your actual teacher type, and how it's preventing you from really leaving school on time. I can't wait for you to join us so that you can finally have the best school year ever. Hey, I'm Kristen Donegan and you're listening to Real Teacher Talk. I often say what's on a teacher's mind and my mission is this, help busy teachers leave school at three so they can finally enjoy their life outside of the classroom. Why? Because I know how tiring it is to have a never-ending checklist as a teacher and miss out on being fully present at home. On Real Teacher Talk, discover how to work smarter, not harder, enjoy teaching again, and still have plenty of time to shut off your brain outside of the classroom to do the things you love. Sound impossible? I promise it isn't. Today's episode's a bit different. I'm having some real talk, but I'm talking about my teaching experience And I wanna share the worst year I ever had as a teacher in hopes that you don't feel alone if you may be struggling right now yourself. Now with teaching, right? There's always the good with the bad. You know, there's things that are challenging and we get through it, we figure it out. But this one year in particular, I feel like really, really forced me to look at the profession and it still has lasting effects right now. Like if anything, I would love to be back in the classroom so that my year that was really, really hard isn't kind of where I, I leave things off. So I'm going to share a little bit, bit of a trigger warning. Um, there is, you know, chat about fertility or infertility and miscarriage. So the year I'm talking about was a really, really hard year because the first day of our staff meeting in service, you know, before the school year started, I started treatment for infertility. We've been seeing a doctor that summer. And so I had my first procedure. And then for those first couple months of school, I was having doctor appointments, fertility appointments, you know, that were about an hour away in traffic. I think their last appointment was at two thirty PM and for all of you, you know there's no way we're done teaching by then. And so it was constant juggling, trying to figure out if I could have a sub, like do I take a day off? How am I gonna get there? And as you know, we don't get a lot of sub days. So it was just changing all the time and then my doctor would call me you know the night before being like hey we need you here tomorrow and so it just made things really really challenging so that was the first thing that was really tough and then emotionally you're just going through if any of you've been through infertility treatment there's just so much emotionally it's like a roller coaster and you just it's it's like a waiting game and if you're anything like me I am not a good waiter I am a planner I need to know what's going on, or else my anxiety is through the roof. And this was not something that I could control. And then, on top of it, all the medications and shots and things like that you're taking make your hormones go wild. And I didn't know that at first. And I was like, why am I crying? Why am I freaking out? What's going on? So, on top of that, you know, I have that going on with, with a really challenging class. And we were warned, you know, there's always kind of that group every couple of years where all the previous teachers are like, yeah, this is a group. It's, it's going to be a tough year. So kind of already had that happening on top of like scheduling all these appointments and things like that. And then I knew, I knew I was probably going to go on leave the next year. If we were to get pregnant, I really wanted to try out running easy teaching tools full time. And I wanted to stay at home with my future baby if that happened. So I knew before I did all that, I really wanted to take on having a student teacher. That was something I felt I was finally prepared for. It was my 13th year in the classroom. So I'm like, let's let's do this. I'd love to share what I know. I think I'd be a really good mentor. And I'd really love to help someone who's early on in their career. And so I went in with really high hopes. And there were a lot of red flags. And I don't want to get into that to to call anybody out. But it was a nightmare of a situation that took... A lot more energy than I even planned, and it just wasn't a good fit. Um, do you ever have that where you're trying to work with someone, and no matter what you suggest, no matter how you try to help, they're like, "Yeah, I got it," and it doesn't happen, and it's just really frustrating. And as someone who's a mentor teacher these are your students they're your responsibility at the end of the day and so that 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 wasn't going so good it was it was a mess in fact this person you know didn't end up being recommended going forward to teach because it was just that much of a mess and so that's going on during that time for probably 4 months and it was really really stressful because it was a lot more work. And then, you know, with the fertility stuff on top of that, it just, it just made it hard. It was like all these things happening for like this perfect storm. And gosh, just thinking about it, it, it was just, it was a challenge. And so we have that, that all going on. And a couple months before that, I find out that there is a family in my class who's really, really unhappy with me. And instead of talking to me about it, they constantly are going to my admin at the time. And when I first heard about it, I was completely shocked because it didn't have a lot to do with the classroom. It had to do with things that were happening outside. For instance, me having a glass of wine at a Bruno Mars concert with my mom, The day I found out that I miscarried and I was absolutely devastated that day. It was one of the worst days of my life. And so, yeah, I'm going to have a glass of wine with my mom. We're in L.A. It was supposed to be like a celebratory thing and it wasn't. And so this family followed me on my social media, Easy Teaching Tools, and complained that I did that. And they complained about a lot of other things that year, and it felt like this massive invasion of privacy. Even though I'm I'm putting kind of my life out there for, I don't know, sixty thousand people, it felt a little creepy. Maybe would be the word. Just cause I felt like I was being tattled on, and they they weren't happy with things that I'd post or you know products or things that I was given in my classroom to be able to use with my students that I would share about. And I I get that part looking back now of some of the things I was sharing, I thought I was bringing just extra great opportunities for my students that maybe I wouldn't have have received if I didn't have a social media account. But I I I, I don't know. When I look at it, it just felt a bit frustrating because I'm trying to be the best teacher I can be. I can trying to run my business. And I constantly was in meetings with my admin about what was being posted or when things were being posted. And the funny thing is this whole digital online space is new for a lot of people. People you know, maybe don't understand it, but I had an assistant at the time who was posting things for me. So I'm not doing it during contract hours or things like that. But they didn't know that. So that was the kind of stuff I was dealing with throughout the whole year. And at first, I felt like I wasn't being supported by my admin, which wasn't the case. But at the time, you know, I'm hormonal, have all this stuff going on. And it just felt really, really frustrating. And eventually, you know, we had to get all sorts of different higher up people on board to see kind of what was really happening. Because the sad thing was this family brought her friends into it, and they would, you know, watch different videos of mine or different posts. And they had this little group where they would go and make fun of me, make fun of my voice, what I was doing. They had nicknames for me. It was really, really mean girl kind of stuff. And someone in that group reached out to me saying, Hey, this is going on. I want you to know this. And you know, I have screenshots and things like that of it. And I remember one being mortified, two being really, really angry because I felt really disrespected. And three, being creeped out by the situation that they're, you know, spending this time watching me and, and talking about me. And it, it it just didn't feel good. It didn't feel good because we're supposed to be working together in the best interest of their child. And then all this is going on behind the scenes. And I had No idea. And so that, that was really disheartening that year. Um, It was really frustrating. And, and like I said, eventually higher ups, you know, admin and HR and things like that came in. And, you know, at the end of the day, we're, we're like, you're not doing anything wrong. Don't post anything at contract time, nothing of the kids. And it's fine because they presented solutions to this, this family of things that you know, they could do if they're so unhappy and didn't want to take any of them up. But here's the most mortifying thing. It was, what was it? Back to school night, open house night. I would take pictures of, you know, families and their kids with, you know, a a, a cute sign saying I'm almost in, you know, whatever the next grade is. And I, they'd hand me their phone and i take the picture. Well, at the time, this family handed me their phone. And if they're listening, they may not know this happened. One of their friends, I'm assuming from that group, using the nickname they gave me, sent a snarky comment about me and her heading into, you know, this open house night as she's handing me the phone. So that... <laughs> did not feel good. It was to the point where even admin had to be in the room while they were there to ensure like nothing went down. It was just super, super toxic. And if you've ever been in a toxic school environment, you'll get that it feels just completely out of control because you you can't do anything about it really besides quit. And so when I say toxic, I don't mean my actual school was toxic because it wasn't, it was amazing. It was just that that scenario and that experience, and so it was a bummer. It was a bummer um, that that was going on that year, and as that was going on, it just it just stunk. And I tried that year. I tried flexible seating, and looking back, and I remember having a teacher at the time saying, "Hey, do you think this could be why you're having so many, you know, why this school year is so challenging? Because the group was." a really sweet group, but it was a challenging group, and so part of me wonders if I went back to traditional seating would that have helped at all with the year. There were just so many things that it was hard. It was just hard, and I share some of this with you because maybe it's it's hard for you right now, and maybe you've got all these things that feel out of control or maybe unfair and you're questioning how much longer you could do this. And I know for me, my light at the end of the tunnel was knowing that at the end of that year, I was going to go on leave because I actually ended up getting pregnant in the spring of that school year. And I just knew, hey, maybe these are signs, signs that it's time to take a little break, time to step back, to kind of have a reset You know, if I wasn't having a baby, I would just be telling myself in that situation, hey, this is a hard year. And it's one year out of all these years that I've been teaching. And next year is going to be better, or I'm going to reflect and make changes. Because when I look at that situation, you know, I had no control over the infertility. I told my husband, if we ever go through that process again, I'm not going to be in the classroom during that because I had to take out or take away so much time from my students, or it was so stressful trying to plan appointments and make it there. And I it just wasn't the best situation. Two, looking back, I don't know if I would take on a student teacher again. There were red flags early on that maybe I would pay attention to and act on sooner. Uh, here's, here's one. when you When you email your cooperating teacher, make sure the picture that you have you know, on your account, your Gmail account or whatever is appropriate. So not you without a shirt being a selfie like bro gym picture. Don't do that. Present your best foot forward. But I probably would pay attention to some of those things. I don't want to say I'd let a bad experience prevent me from doing it, but I would question <laughs> the the whole, I guess, system you know the the student teacher system whatever that looked like i would get clear on that before i'd say heck yes let's do it again third thing with families you can't control the the families who are coming into your classroom you can't control how they treat you i mean yes you could set your expectations but sometimes they're going to do what they're going to do so if i look back at that situation I don't know if I do anything different because holding a meeting, I don't think would be the best scenario in that case. We had plenty of meetings with the admin. It's just one of those things. I probably wouldn't let them get under my skin so much and take away or give them my power because I only can control what I'm doing in my classroom and that's it. And so at the end of the day. I think if I didn't have everything else going on, maybe it wouldn't have had as big of an effect on me as it did. Flexible seating, I probably wouldn't do it with that group. And looking back, just to simplify things, I was kind of at the stage in my, my career where I'm like, let's try something new. Probably wouldn't do it with that and <laughs> look at other areas to maybe grow as an educator. So I share all this because it's not all rainbows and sunshine. It's not, you know, everything's going well. And I haven't shared all of this before. I've shared maybe bits and pieces. That was a year that I look back on and wish it it didn't turn out the way that it did. And so that year makes me want to go back and have a better year. And in a weird kind of way, prove to myself that I am a good teacher and just because one family was unhappy with me doesn't reflect all the other families that were or all the other students who really loved me or the impact that I've had on education and I think I'd go back looking at things differently now from a different lens of just being a mom and I would do things a little bit differently so share all that to give you a little hope to give you a little inspiration and that you can see that it's not going to be hard forever. And there's some changes that maybe you can make on your end to kind of take your power back in situations where you feel really, really stuck. So sending you massive hugs and thanking you for letting me be a bit vulnerable and sharing about the worst teaching year I have had thus far in my career and remembering it is temporary and remembering it's not always going to be as hard as it is as it is, and being grateful and looking at those challenges as learning opportunities because they were. Like always, I appreciate you being here. Go do something fun for yourself. You deserve it. Thanks for joining me on today's episode of Real Teacher Talk. I'd love to hear your biggest takeaway. Just tag me on Instagram stories at Easy Teaching Tools so I can check it out and share it out with everyone else.